Hello, viewers. That's Pastor Prince. Welcome to teaching service tonight. I'm sure to bring you a great word from the Lord. I want you to stay glued and with the flow of the Spirit, let's enter into the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your goodness. We pray for your presence. Teach us your word and let us become great, great sons of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'm continuing my teaching. I started last week on the 10 types of profitable church members every pastor wish that their member will become. So today, we're starting with the core scripture, Colossians chapter 4, verse number 17. The Bible said, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Give me the NLT version of this. NLT version said, And say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave to you. Child of God, you must understand that God has given you a ministry. You have received a ministry from the Lord. The Bible said that many are called, but few are chosen. You must rise up and do something about your calling. We must rise up as children of God. We are not called to just warm the pew. We are not called to add our names only to the list of church members, but we must become profitable to the church of God and to the kingdom of God. And last week, we looked at the meaning of ministry as being service or work. So God has committed a certain work into our hands. God has called us to a certain kind of service. And as a church member, you must not sit at the front and just watch how things are done. No, you must be part, you are a participant of the grace of God. You are a partaker. You, 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 you partake. You are part of the reason why the church will grow, survive, and become victorious. So last week we looked at four, we started with four, mem- four types of profitable church members. And this teaching is to encourage you to avail yourself to the teachings of the word of God so that you can be turned into one of these types of profitable church members so that the church can be stronger and effective and more advancing in the name of Jesus. We looked at members who labor in prayers. We also looked at members who have great zeal for the work of the ministry. We also looked at members who work by faith. Members who work by faith. And we looked at members who are patient with their pastor and their churches. There are some people who are not patient with their pastors and they are not patient with the church. They are not patient with what God is doing in the church at a particular stage. They want to see what, they want to see what, what they want to see in the church despite the level the church has gotten to. They demand so much from their pastor, even at the level their pastor has got into. They, they demand so much from the church without even considering the financial strength of the church. So we need members who are patient, who, who understand the vision of the house. Members who understand, who have received of the ministry of their pastors. 
And that's the kind of one type of profitable church member, a church member who is patient with horses, patient with choristers. When the choristers sing and it's not nice, they, they clap. They clap for the choristers just for the fact that they've come for rehearsals and they've been able to try to stand before people to sing. But there are some church members, they will just start lambasting the choir leader, the choir director, the drama, the organist, the basis. No, we don't need church members like that. You are part of a family, and whatever happens in the family must be of your interest. Hallelujah. So today we are beginning with the fifth type of profitable church members. Profitable church, the fifth type. Number one. Number one for today. Members who will not do evil to their pastors and their church. Members who will not do evil to their pastors and their church. Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 to 15. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 to 15. Alexander the Coppersmith did me much evil. Who is speaking? Paul. He mentioned somebody's name. He mentioned the man's name that that man did him evil. He did him much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. The next verse. He said, of whom be thou where also for he has greatly withstood our words. Hey, give me another version. GNT. Hallelujah. He said, Alexander the, Corpus, the, Alexander the metal worker did me great harm. There are some church members who do great harm to the ministry. May you not be one of them. The Lord will reward him according to what he has done. Okay. Be unto your God. Be, be on your guard against him, yourself. Hmm. Paul was telling Timothy to be careful about Alexander the Coppersmith because he was violently opposed to our message. There are some church members who oppose the message of the pastor, who oppose the vision of the house by their disposition, by their attitude in meetings, by their speeches. They oppose the advancement of the church. No pastor wants a member who will do them evil or harm. Give me the NLT version. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. Are you harming your pastor? Are you harming your church as a Christian? That's not the type of church member your pastor wants to turn you into. Stop harming the church. But the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Apostle of grace is talking. So those of us who have taken grace to misbehave ourselves and believe that the Holy Ghost is in you and is in you and is in you and to do whatever you want, your apostle of grace is saying that the Lord reward you according to your deed. Verse 15, he said, Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. 
He fought against everything we said. He fought against our message, our sermons, our teachings. Yeah. Such members are dangerous. They put the pastor under tension. I remember one pastor, one bishop giving an example like that. He said, a man was in the church resisting him so much that when he's preaching, he would drink many bottles of water because he was so tense and had to be drinking water in, in seconds. Alexander was in the church opposing the message of Paul. Pastors do not need people who oppose their leadership and teachings. Yeah. Alexander the Compassionate. Are you one of them? Pastors do not need people who despise them and despise their efforts. Pastors are human beings also. They can make mistakes. But you won't want to be a leader who is being opposed by a member of your team. Because leaders make mistakes. Leaders are not perfect. But leaders are the custodians of a vision. They must be encouraged and not opposed. Paul's ministry suffered greatly because Alexander the Coppersmith opposed his teaching and the Bible called it a great harm. Opposing the teaching of your pastor. Bible calls it a great harm. Great harm. That's not the type of member your pastor wants you to be. Your pastor wants you to be a member who do good to them and their ministry. This man spoke ill of Paul and publicly attacked Paul's ministry and message leading to a general opposition in the church against Paul's teachings. Yeah. He, 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 gang, he created a gang against the message of the pastor. Go and read history. You will see what Alexander did to Paul's ministry. When Paul finishes preaching, he will gather the people and say, no, this is not the word of God. And they rise up against Paul in the church. So Paul said, this man, he did me much evil. Mark him and be careful of him. No pastor needs an Alexander the Compassionate. I believe Alexander was influenced by his friend, Demetrius, the silversmith. Demetrius was a silversmith who made the silver shrines of Artemis and also provided business to other people when he gets contracts. And Alexander's friend, was also in this same activity. Be careful who you work with, even in the church. Be careful who you talk to, even in the church. Be careful who discusses church matters and pastor matters and sermons matters, who you discuss with in the church. Maybe somebody's interest can mislead you and you will never know that you are being misled. As the church in Ephesus grew, 
sales of shrines fell. And the business of Demetrius began to crush down. So the big man in town, his business started crushing down. And Alexander was his friend. So sometimes in your attempt to fight for someone in the church, you may not know that you'll be fighting for their own personal and selfish agenda without your, your, your knowledge. He gathered some men to stir up the, the, the atmosphere against Paul's teaching because the more Paul was teaching, the more he was destroying the business of Demetrius. He was destroying his shrine business. So Demetrius had to gather people to oppose the teachings of Paul. Acts chapter 19, 25 to 27. Acts 19, 25 to 27. Look at it. He said, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, says, we know that by this craft we have our wealth. Hmm. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, and this Paul has persuaded and turned away much people saying that there be, no, be no gods which are made with hands. He's collapsing our business. So that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshipped. So he had an interest in the teachings and the messages of Paul was destroying his agenda. Alexander the coppersmith put his profession and self-interest before the interest of God. He stood against the teachings of Pastor Paul. He lost a heart. He lost a heart for the ministry. He lost the heart for the kingdom of God. He lost a commitment to the ministry of his pastor because selfishness has taken, had taken over him. His business was being crushed. He was part of the church. But because of this, he lost his sense of responsibility to the church. He lost his sense of responsibility to the church. Hold fast to the belief you have in the church and the pastor God has given to you. In this time of post-COVID, near post-COVID, and these times where churches are now warming up to fill again with much difficulties, with much difficulties. This is the time we have to show our commitment to our churches and our pastors and the ministries God has committed into our hands as church members. Do not allow anyone to pollute you and cause you to lose your faith in the place God has planted you. There are some people in church after they've drunk from the well 
and they are satisfied, they muddy it. Alexander Coppersmith and Demetrius, that is them. They stir up against the teachings of their pastor. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. Quickly. Holding fast and a good conscience, uh, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Verse 20. Of whom is Hymenos and Alexander. So at the end of the day, Alexander crossed his faith. He crossed his faith because he joined the people to oppose the teachings of Paul. And Paul called it a great harm. This is not the type of pastor, uh, this is not the type of member your pastor wants you to become. Have a good mind towards the church and the pastor. Have a good mind. Have a good mind. Wish the church well. Talk well about the church. Talk well about your pastor's message. Don't belittle it. Don't belittle it. And uh, this pastor doesn't quote scriptures. If the scriptures, you preach for 20 minutes before you quote one scripture. Now there's the, this, this, this. What is he trying to say? Now there's, you look at his anointing is finishing. Uh, why should he be preaching about salvation now that uh, we don't have money? That pastor is not becoming spiritual. These kind of messages are psychological messages. They are, they are economic. Oh, please. Are you an analyst in the church? Or are you a church member? Don't do harm to the church and to the pastor and his leaders. Alexander the coppersmith became toxic to the system of the church. Toxic. May you not be a toxic church member. Yeah. Stop planning a coup d'etat in the church. Stop hijacking the ministry of your pastor. Stop polluting the atmosphere. Be a church member who does no harm to the church. May you not cause your pastor sleepless nights. May you not be the reason why your pastor cannot sleep. Yeah. May you not do great harm on your pastor that he cannot sleep. Because pastors also have blood in their system. The church needs you, but the church needs you not to do it and the pastor evil. May you not cause your pastor to hand you over to the devil to be taught a lesson. Yeah. Alexander the coppersmith. Because his money was being depleted together with his friend, Demetrius. Goes up against the teachings of the pastor. The sixth type of church members pastors want to see is that members who patronize their pastor's ministry. Patronizing the ministry of your pastor. Romans chapter 16 verse 1 to 2. I commend unto you Phoebe our sister which is a servant of the church, which is essential too, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints. 
and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she has need of you. Why? For she has been a sakura of many and of myself also. Give me another version of that. I command to you our sister, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in, in Centria. Verse 2. Welcome her in the day as one who is worthy of honor amongst God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. That's Paul. Paul was, you see, sometimes don't get angry when your pastor mentions your name. Paul was doing that. Paul was, men, he, he said Alexander. He mentioned Alexander the coppersmith. No, he didn't even say Alexander. He said Alexander the copper, so that the church will know him. <laughs> if you say, oh, Alexander, so there are a lot of Alexander. Maybe he said, is Alexander from that town? No, no, he said, Alexander the coppersmith. He did me much evil. So if at that time, Alexander, brother, Alexander was an armor bearer to Timothy. Timothy said, hey, child, a guy will finish me too. So he comes to Romans chapter 16 and he mentions Sister Phoebe. That as for this one, she has been helpful to many people and especially to me. So it means that Paul was not an ungrateful person. It means that Paul was not over-exaggerating what Alexander the Coppersmith did to him. Because what Alexander did, Phoebe did not do. So pastors are looking for members who patronize their ministry. A recommendation is an endorsement. Every pastor needs people who endorse their ministry. Yeah. A church member who endorses the ministry and recommends the ministry to others. That is why when you are watching your pastors preaching on Facebook, on whatever, Twitter, wherever you are watching, you have to recommend it by sharing, commenting actively engaging the word online. Patronize the ministry of your pastor. To patronize is to treat in a way that is apparently helpful. Yeah. Are you helpful to the church you are in? I'm asking you a question. Are you helpful to the ministry you find yourself in? Are you helpful to the ministry of your pastor? Some people, when they hear the word pastor, then something is happening to them. Like as if they don't want to hear anything called pastor. Then go and talk to Jesus. Because when he was going in Acts chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, that was, he gave us pastors. He gave us pastors. He gave pastors. 
if you have a problem with pastors, then I suspect you're born again experience. For Paul to use patronize for Phoebe, it means that Phoebe was not a mere person in the society. Yeah. He was not a mere person. So strive to be great in your church. Strive to go academically high. Strive to excel as a businesswoman, a businessman, a career man, a career woman. Strive. Your pastor is not the one to teach you economics. Your pastor is not the one to teach you geography and balancing and teaching you what? Um, all those things. No, 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 no. Chemistry, no, no. It's not your pastor. A, a customer relation. It's not your pastor's job. You have to take your social responsibility, develop yourself. But at the same time, as you increase in stature, socially, academically, professionally, financially, patronize the ministry of your pastor. After church, go and buy his message. How many of your pastor's message do you have? But Paul mentioned this to myself. She patronized, give me the ESV version. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at. So he's talking about the, so the records of this sister was bare to Pastor Paul. The record, because she was in the church. And a servant of the church at St. You think your pastors are not looking at you? You think your pastors don't know the Phoebes of the church? May you be one of the Phoebes in your pastor's ministry. Number two, verse two. That you may welcome her. So she had moved from where she was to another town very far. So Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, to, um, to the Roman church, the church in Rome. He said, that you may welcome her in the, in, in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. What a testimony. Patrons are normally people of substance. Yeah. But she was a servant from the verse 1. No, many times you hear, oh, these are our patrons. These are patrons. They are not mere men. They are respectable, honorable, cash people. But Paul described her in the verse 1 that she was a servant of the church. Patronize the ministry that you have found yourself in. Don't just be a member. You are an IT person. Join the IT department and render service. You can edit videos. This is the time we need you. You can pray. You love to pray. Join intercessory. You love to organize things, ushering, protocol. Go learn an instrument and be a bank manager on the keyboard or the drum. On the praise and worship. Microphone. So what Paul is saying is that 
This woman, Phoebe, though she was a big woman in the society, she was, she was a die-hard fan of Paul's ministry. This brings my memory to a woman we lost in this ministry, and I don't think I'll ever forget her in my life. So wonderful. It was a gift to the church and to myself. I can say of her like how Paul spoke about Phoebe. What will your pastor say about you? What will your church write about you as a church member? Are you the church member who's always bringing trouble to your pastor? Today is going to bail you. Today you are pregnant. Today they are chasing you. Today you are beating your wife. Today this, today that. You've gone to do a dubious deal. Your pastor is... What type of pastor and church member are you? Become a profitable church member. Become a son of consolation. Become a son of gladness and support. Am I teaching? Pastors do not need people who intimidate them with their wealth and positions in the society. This woman was a wealthy woman, but she was called a servant of the church. Some members who just get money and they start intimidating their pastors with their cars and this and this and this. Do you know who I am? And then your office, you have secretaries. No, please. That is a Phoebe. Wealthy woman. I was a servant. But was a servant of the church. Phoebe didn't try to control Pastor Paul. But she patronized and supported the ministry. Yeah, supported the ministry. One of the blessings you have as a pastor is to see high-ranking profile people in society supporting your ministry. Yeah, supporting, loving your ministry. When, when you felt that you didn't preach well, when you felt disorganized behind the pulpit, and one of them walks to you and says, Pastor, you blessed me. I'm blessed. This is one of the powerful messages I've heard. Something happens to you. Something happens to you. The opposite is when you think you have preached well. And some to walk to you. Pastor, uh, this jointed message, this pastor is misfiring. He calls for meeting, you won't come. You won't come for church service. Nothing. You won't pay your tithe. When they talk about tithe, you start preaching. In New Testament, we don't pay tithe. We don't pay tithe. We, okay, you pay what you must pay. Pay what you must pay. The tenth is too small. You have to pay more. Most of the time, those who preach that way, they don't even pay the tenth. Consistent. They, they, they don't. They are not consistent. You cannot be wiser than God. And you see, most of the time, those even who say that they are paying their tithe, they actually don't pay 10%. They pay more, but it's consistent. 
And those who are always making noise. In the New Testament, we don't pay tithe. We don't pay tithe. We, oh, they don't pay. They don't pay. You don't do, you don't support anything about the church. The church is your family. But in your family, when there's a funeral, you go and contribute. Your biological, your physical family. A bushapeni that you've never seen before. Uncles, you go and you contribute. You even take the funeral on you. So, in you know, now you are in a church. You don't support anything. Old Students Association, there you are there. When the, uh, uh, an old student that you, the ter- chairman of the funeral planning committee, you sit there and you say, oh, I give a seed money of 4,000 Ghana cities. Your pastor will be standing and say, I'm raising seed for 3,000 for us to get some new chairs and you will let him sing all the songs he can sing in the Bible. You won't get up. You are not patronizing the ministry of your pastor. I thought you'd be clapping. If you have been blessed with some cash and status in life, do not allow it to sink into you for you not to patronize the ministry of your pastor. Let it be a blessing to the church. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. Before distraction, a man's heart is haughty. But humility comes before honor. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty. And before honor is humility. Humility comes before honor. Member couples who stand in their place in the church. That's the second point. Member couples. Couples who are members of the church. They stand with the pastor in the church. You see, you, you have to be taught certain things. You know, yesterday I was teaching and I spoke about the scripture where the Bible was talking about the spirit reveals them unto us. And that the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Eyes have not seen nor ear heard. No, as he entered into the heart of my, I think 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. No, as he entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him, and that the Spirit of God has revealed them unto us. The Spirit searched all things, yea, the deep things. So if the deep things, so if you don't get close to the Spirit, there are things you will never know. And the Spirit of God operates by the Word of God. So the more you hear the teachings of the Bible in a certain line, the more you begin to develop a certain understanding that remains with you forever. So as member couples, couples of a church, you stand with your pastor in the ministry. Pastors are excited when they marry couples and they see that the couples are still in the church and working for the Lord, supporting the ministry. Yeah, supporting the ministry. Romans 16, verse 3 to 4. Great, uh, greet 
Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus. Wow. May your pastor mention your name as a couple and describe you as helpers of his ministry. Yeah. Helpers of his ministry. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers. May God raise you as a helper to your pastor, to your church, and to the ministry you have been planted in. Verse 4. He said, Who have for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. The next, give me NLT version or GNT. GNT version of three and four. I send greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in the service of Christ. Verse four. They risk their lives for me. Ah. Pastors are looking for people who will risk their lives for them. Because every time pastors are risking their life for members, and pastors are looking for couples, married couples, who feed the ministry of the pastor. Not only the church ministry, but the life of the pastor. Couples in the church who think about the pastor and the church. That is the type of, one type of profitable church members the pastor's preaching is turning you into. Yeah. Pastors don't want to see you devoted. There are some people, they were devoted when they were single. When they got married, ship, they stopped. They have arrived. Arrived. They never get close to God. We begin to develop excuses. My husband, my husband, my husband, my husband, my wife, my wife, my wife. Aquila and Priscilla were a first century Christian missionary couple described in the New Testament. They risked their lives to see that Paul's ministry will flourish. We have heard of stories where um, um, I think the Church of Pentecost at a point, Reverend McKeon was packing his things to leave Ghana and a woman sold her things, sold her machines, sewing machines, dresses, property, and handed it over to the man that the ministry must continue. Take it and pay your pastor. We have heard stories where people allow their halls to be turned into church. And great churches started from many halls. Marriage has the tendency to make people very selfish with regards to their commitment to their church. Loving your wife doesn't mean hate the church. <laughs> Loving your wife doesn't mean hate the church. Loving your husband 
doesn't mean it's the church. Pastors need couples who will be united in risking their lives for the church. He said, they risk their lives for me. I am grateful to them. Not only I, but all the Gentile churches as well. They risk their life. What have you risked your life for? What do you risk your life for? If I were you as a member of the church, I would make myself a shareholder of the ministry of my pastor. A lot of couples have money in the church. They never release them. They never. They never release their time. Because somewhere, somehow we feel that when we marry, we have achieved. That pastors are looking for married couples who will support, they will not be fighting. Some husbands, when their wives are giving to the church and to the pastor, then they start fighting them. Eh, so you had that money, eh? And the children's school fees, you didn't want to pay. You came to tax me to take it. Next time we shall see. No, pastors don't want fights in, in the marriages of their members just because one is supporting the church and the ministry. When the women told the husband to give accommodation to the prophet in the Bible, he agreed. How many husbands in church that your wife will come and tell you that we don't want pastor to be renting again? Our house in East Legon, let's bless pastor with it. Hey! Ah, they told me. They told me. You, they told me. I've seen. I've seen. I could see Today that I've seen, I've seen, I've seen you, I've seen. You are not thinking about the children. We should give our house in Israel gone to the pastor. But this woman looked at the husband and said, this man is a holy man of God. The husband didn't say, so me, I'm not holy, eh? No. He didn't say that. This man is a holy man of God. I've been seeing him going and come. Can we give him accommodation up there? To 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. And it came to pass on the day that Elisha passed to Shenam, where was, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in Tita to eat bread. Verse 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is and holy man of God. And that man didn't say, hey, so me, I'm not the holy man. No. Which passed by, by us continually. Let us make a little chamber and pray thee, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed. Let's make the man, let's give him an accommodation. Let's give me an accommodation. Opening up to the ministry of your pastor as a, as, as a couple will bring a great blessing onto the marriage. And open up together. 
Because after this, go to the next verse. And it fell on the day, and he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Verse 12. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before the prophet. Now watch the scriptures. And he said unto him, say now unto me, behold, thou hast been careful for, for us with all this care. May you be a caring church member to your church and to your pastor. Yes, this is the time we need to come together and revamp and start the revival. He said, for this, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. So this is a different testimony than Alexander the Coppersmith. With all this care, what is to be done for thee? Blank check. Just opening up as a couple to the ministry of their pastor, to the ministry of the prophet, to the ministry of the servant of the Lord. Look at what is going to happen. Not knowing they were barren. They were lacking a child. They had no child as a couple. Look at what happened. Wouldn't thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. The whole message. And he said, What then is it to be done for her? And Gehazi, the concerned servant, answered, Verily, she has no child, and her husband is old. A new message Christ flowing. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy maid servant. And the woman conceived. When you open up to the ministry of your pastor together, not that the husband loves the pastor and the wife does not love the pastor. Not that the wife loves the pastor and the husband does not love. When you open up together as a couple to the ministry of your pastor, you command the blessing of God over you. You command the blessing of God over you. She conceived and bare a son at the season that the prophet has said unto her according to the time of life. When one loves the pastor and the other hates, it brings contention. It brings a demonic covering. It puts pressure on your blessing not to manifest. Christian couples must support the ministry of their pastors. Pastors need couples who stand with them in the ministry. If you don't help your pastor, if you don't support your pastor, if you don't support your church, there are great pastors all over the place. It's some people who patronize their ministry. It's some people who became their helpers. It's some people who provide certain things so that the burdens on their shoulders will be lessened. You want to pray wherever you are that God will help you 
to become a profitable church member, a profitable. God will help you. God, you can become a profitable church member. You can make yourself a profitable church member. Remember the parable where the master gave them talent. Those who were called profitable servants were people who put their talents into use. You want to pray that God, help me to become a profitable servant. Lift your voice and begin to pray. A profitable servant. Father, we pray that, Lord, we will become profitable members of the churches you planted us in, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we will not do harm to our pastors. We will not do harm to our churches. We will not do harm to the church you planted us in. In the name of Jesus, we will not be like Alexander the Coppersmith to our pastors and the church you planted us. In the mighty name of Jesus, Rabakoshadabaha. In Talababa Sudeliaka, Palagados Grandibaha. We pray in the name of Jesus that Lord we will be, oh God, we will be profitable, we will be helpers of the ministry you have planted us in, in the name of Jesus. Oh, we will be like Sister Phoebe. Oh Lord, we will patronize the ministry of our pastors, oh God. We will patronize the ministry, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Nothing will separate us from your love, oh God, in the name of Jesus. As Couples, oh God, we will stand in the ministry together to support our pastor in the name of Jesus. Let your grace be strong on us, Lord. We pray for your grace, oh God, to become profitable members of our church in the name of Jesus. We will feed the vision. We will feed the vision. We will feed the ministry. We will feed the church in the name of Jesus. We will create a comfortable atmosphere for the flourish of the ministry of our pastor in the name of Jesus. We shall be like Aquila, Priscilla, and Aquila in the name of Jesus. Not like Ananias and Sapphira, but we will be like Priscilla and Aquila, Aquila and Priscilla in the mighty name of Jesus. Rabo we shall be like the Shunammite woman and the husband as a couple in the name of Jesus. We shall care for our pastor. We shall be careful to render service in the name of Jesus in any capacity in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We pray the Lord you make us profitable church members. In the vineyards you have planted us in, we pray for the grace of God to manifest these words. In Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. This is a great word. I want you to go back and listen to it again, and you will be blessed. Next week, we'll continue. The next group of profitable members we'll look at are members who will remain faithful to their church, to their pastors throughout the year. Faithful. The thick and thin. And that's what we'll start with next week. I hope you have been blessed. If you want to give an offering to the Lord, you want to bless the Lord with an offering, that's the number on the screen. Send your offering and the Lord will be a blessing to you. Join us tomorrow and Thursday through to Friday. We'll be fasting and praying. We'll be praying. You can fast along, but we'll be praying more, especially on Wednesday and Thursday, praying that God should surprise us in our businesses, in our career, in our, those of us believing God for the fruit of the womb, believe God. Wednesday, Thursday, God will settle your matter. And then Friday, we are here for Miracle Hour. Each service starts at 7 p.m. 7 p.m. each night. God richly bless you. I'm Pastor Prince Nyako. I hope to come your way again on same broadcast next week with the part three of this message. But on Friday, Miracle Hour, it will be a great service. Sundays, I will resume 7 to 8 a.m. for the gospel service, 8.30 to 9.30 for the wedding pass service, and 10 o'clock to 11 a.m. for the revival fire service. The Lord keep you and bless you. The Lord honor you and glorify his name over your life. The Lord protect you and guard you. The Lord lead you and guide you to the path of righteousness. The Lord increase you and bless you. The Lord multiply you and empower you. The Lord cause you to advance ten times faster than your enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the sword of the Lord fight for you this week. In the mighty name of Jesus, let every mountain before you become a plain. We thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm Pastor Prince Nyako. See you another time. Bye-bye.